0: This is Dave V.I.D. bringing you a perspective on Christ the King. Let's pray. Father, we thank and we bless you. We give you praise for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you for the gift of life and strength, your favor, your grace, your faithfulness. And as we come together this morning, we pray that your presence be with us. And your grace continue to abound towards us. Build us up. Open our understanding. Give us clarity. And let your presence show us direction. We bless you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about the principle of choice and trajectory. And we understood that every choice that you make sets a direction and most of those choices the direction is it set it's not only a point value many of them are generational which means the decisions you make and the choices you make go down the generations to your children and your children's children Today, I want to talk about another good principle, and that's the principle of the sacred space. And I want to begin that from the book of Revelation in the 21st chapter, from the 22nd verse. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is its light and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it but they shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life so in this passage in the book of Revelation we're given a glimpse Of the glory of the new Jerusalem at the end of time when God establishes a new dispensation. And we're given a glimpse of what that city looks like. And we're told that in that city there will be no temple because God Himself will be there. God Almighty. Will be the temple. So there will be no need to go into a building or a temple to worship God. God himself will be there. So you go into the presence of God. Into the heart of God. To worship him. And as we saw before when we talked about darkness and light. In the city there is no darkness. Darkness. Because there's no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it. Because the glory of God illuminates that city. And that's a sacred space. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved. So we're not talking about a, nations, any, a nation. We're talking about the nation of those who are saved. Those who are given the right to enter the city. To enter that holy and sacred space. They shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. So bring the glory into God's presence. And the glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. So this is an open gate. Open wide. But not everyone enters it. The Bible says that the nations of those who are saved. Shall bring the glory into it. The gates stand open. They shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But only those who are written In the Lamb's book of life. So this sacred space we are told is entered by only a select group of people. Those who are saved. And the Bible calls them those whose names are found in the Lamb's book of life. So that raises a lot of concern and a lot of questions. How do we enter it? We enter it when we are saved. We enter it when our names are found in the Lamb's book of life. It's not anybody that goes in. Because that is a sacred space. And you enter it by specific Direction Specific Invitation Specific Entry And we'll get into that Later And so that makes us understand Why in the Temple When people had turned God's house Into commercial activity And Jesus was so angry and turned the tables because they were desecrating a sacred space, a space that's demarcated for prayer and worship and they had turned it into something else. Now let me show you something. From the book of Exodus, in the third chapter, from the first verse. Now Moses was standing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, but why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So when God showed up and got Moses' attention, the first thing God drew his attention to was the sacred space around him. He said, take off your sandals, for the place where you walk is holy ground. And to be able to come into that presence and engage with me, you've got to come according to my principle. You've got to recognize that you're standing on holy ground in a sacred space. And so you don't behave anyhow. You don't do things the way you like. You are in my space, as God saying. Now listen. And God gave him specific instructions. But the first thing is for him to recognize where he was. That he wasn't just standing anywhere by the roadside. He wasn't just sitting anywhere under the tree. He was right in a sacred space on holy ground. And God says, take off your sandals. Because that does not fit into this dynamic that's happening here. Take off your sandals. Because this is holy ground. We don't want any desecration. Here. And that's that's something to pay very particular attention to. And when we talk about, when we look at. The people of Israel at Mount Sinai in the 18th chapter of Exodus, or the 19th chapter. God gave them specific instructions and said that if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine and it shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you and and believe you forever. So Moses told his people the words of God. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash the clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come upon the Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set boundaries for the people around, saying, Take heed yourselves that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. So God is saying, if you hear me, if you respond to me, if you obey my commands, then you become my treasured people. you be considered my treasured people. you be a chosen people, a kingdom of priests, a people by covenant, a people called by my name. But then there's some other thing interesting. When God wanted to come down and speak to the people, He commanded them to consecrate themselves, make themselves ready, make themselves holy, make themselves pure as they come to meet with God because they're getting into a sacred space. And in that space, you can't just walk into that space anyhow. God says, tell the people to consecrate themselves. Today, tomorrow, and on the third day, I'll meet with them. I'll come upon the mountain. And even then, set a boundary. Because the presence that comes upon the mountain creates a sacred space. And you can't toy with that sacred space. Because that's holy ground. And Moses tells the people. And they begin to consecrate themselves. For that sacred space. And as we saw in Revelation. God says that nothing that defiles. Or nothing that caused abomination. Or nothing that's a lie. Will enter that space. So then we ask ourselves. How do we get into that space? How do we walk into that space? In Revelation we are told that the nation of those who were saved. And we're told that those whose names are found in the Lamb's book of life. They were entering. Because they are consecrated. They are set apart. They are made holy. They are made pure. So that God gives them welcome into the city. Into his presence. And we are in... In the period of Lent now. And he goes to Ishtar where Christ goes to the cross. We tell the story. He dies. He resurrects. He ascends into heaven. And he came to make sure that we be consecrated. That we be made whole. That we be washed. That we be cleansed. That we be made ready. To be able to enter in. As a saved people. Into that sacred space. He did that. Went on the cross. That when we come to him. And accept him. Will be consecrated. Our names will be found. In his book of life. But if we refuse to accept that. That in the sight of God, we become like an abomination. We are a lie. We are sinful people. If we refuse to accept Jesus Christ. And in God's sacred space, nothing of a lie, nothing of an abomination will enter it. So what are some of the things that cause abomination or some of the things that are a lie? It's for example when we desecrate, when we despise other people, that's a desecration, that's an abomination in the sight of God. When we break into people's homes, that's an abomination in the sight of God. When we hack into people's networks, people's emails... That's an abomination unto God. When we use human beings as apps. Use their names, their details, their information for any purposes. Without their consent. That's an abomination before God and that's a lie. And the Bible makes us understand. That such behavior does not enter into his sacred space. But God calls upon us. To be saved. God calls upon us. To walk in his ways of righteousness. And when Jesus went on the cross. He opened the gates. The the, the, the curtain in the temple tore open. So the presence of God could come with us. Come to us. And that's even scarier. In the Old Testament, God said, don't even come close to the mountain. But we are fortunate that in our time, the presence of God is with us. And that's even more scary. Because in that presence, in that holy ground, nothing of a lie, nothing sinful, nothing that causes abomination, shall stand. According to the scriptures. But God expects us. To be consecrated. To be saved. To be registered. In his book of life. So we can enter in. Into his sacred space. As we see in in Revelation. And God stands and calls and waits and says, Come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, Come, bring your burdens, and I'll cleanse you. He says, Come, receive life. As we saw last week, God has set before us choice, and He encourages us to choose life. And the Bible says that anyone that names the name of the Lord departs from iniquity. And I want I, I do not believe that any man upon whom the Spirit of God dwells and within whom the Spirit of God is working will go about destroying other lives, will go about destroying other images of God, will go about invading other people's spaces, destroying other people's lives Hacking into their networks, hacking into their mails, hacking into their text messages, doing all sorts of abominable things in the name of whatever you call it. But God says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God. Is at hand God Calls us Into his space His sacred space And he expects us to come On his terms On his conditions And so when we stand in that sacred space We stand Under the conditions of God and we speak under the conditions of God. So we don't go into that sacred space with a hidden agenda. Because in the presence of God, nothing is hidden. You're either on His side or you are not on His side. And God says, no iniquity, nothing of abomination. Nothing of a lie will enter in into that sacred space. But Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He came that we might see the light and the light will shine in dark places, and that light will bring illumination. Into the minds of men. And show us. God's way of righteousness. His pathway. His truth. So when we get into his space. That we are able to connect with God. That we are able to interact with God. Within his space. Where his glory dwells. And so God calls us into his space. And he calls us to recognize that we are on holy ground. And in that holy ground, we don't do things anyhow. We don't have hidden agendas. We don't go destroying people's lives. We don't go doing things that are an abomination in the sight of God. But God calls us and says, take off your sandals, the thing that carries you, the thing that protects your feet. Take it off because you're on holy ground. Feel the presence, feel this ground that God has called you into. And at the end of time he says the nations of those who are saved will come in and the kings of the earth will bring their glory and their honor into it. But nothing of iniquity, of abomination, of a lie will come into that. So we don't want to live a life of deception because that does not enter Into that sacred space. We don't want to live a life of a lie. Because that does not enter. Into that sacred space. We don't want to walk in iniquity. Because that does not enter. Into that sacred space. But God has given us his son. As we ponder that in in this time of Lent. And as we lead up to Easter. Easter. That we come to Christ with an open heart, open mind. And like Moses, we take off our sandals as we get into that holy ground. And we we'll let the work of Christ and the work of his spirit be completed in us. So our names will be found in the life's book, Lamb's book of life. Because we can say. That we are saved. And this is how we know. That we know him. Jesus Christ. We know God. And Jesus Christ. Whom he sent. That they may know him. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's how we know that we have eternal life. That's how we know that we are saved. So do you know him? Are you submitted to him? Because there is a difference. If you submitted to him, your lives will change forever. You cannot remain the same. And when you get into that sacred space, you get into that space with reverence. Sometimes I see the specter that you can't just walk into the White House and go and play soccer on the lawn. Because that's 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 a presidential space. You don't just do anything in that space. You you live in that space according to specific protocols, according to specific guidance. And God tells us, in his space, in his holy ground, there are rules, there are regulations, there are expectations. As we saw in Moses, God said, take off your sandals. According to the words of the angel. For that you stand on holy ground. And on those grounds. There are protocols. There are regulations. There are instructions. You can't just be in this space. And behave anyhow. God calls us. To a higher purpose. And when everybody else is going low, I want to re-echo Michelle Obama's words that we go high. Because you can't come into contact with God and remain ordinary and remain low. You begin to rise high by the power of the Holy Spirit and according to the words of God. So let's get into that divine space, that sacred space, and let's live and behave and walk as children of God, surrounded by God's holy space. And let's live as children of light, as a saved nation, whose names are found in the Lamb's book of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank and we bless you for your goodness. We thank and we bless you for your faithfulness. We thank and we bless you for your heart for us to be saved. And to receive a welcome into your holy space. Into your sacred space. To that new Jerusalem. As we live our lives, we pray that you open our eyes. You open our understanding. You cause us to see. The grounds upon which we walk. And the space within which we live. And the provisions that you have given us. Because grace and truth. Came through Jesus Christ. And we want to be. Immersed in that. In his grace. And in his truth. The truth. That brings us to the place you desire us to be we pray not only for ourselves we pray for households our families our friends our neighbors we pray for our neighborhoods we pray for our cities our states our nations and the rest of our world the Lord those words of truth and this understanding of your holy ground and space Will bring us to a place where we treat people with sanity, with respect, with honor, with dignity. And let your name be glorified, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we've prayed. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore as we focus on the spirit of Lent leading up to Easter and the story of Christ and the cross and his death and his resurrection. Be glorified, O oh God, in our lives, we pray. Amen. This is DAVID bringing you a perspective on Christ the King.